to the Peach Hour with Paris and Bella. Now, in today's episode, we have a really exciting guest. And Bella and I are super excited because we are going to be talking all things about bikini. So it's been a really highly suggested episode and we thought, why not get the highly knowledgeable bikini coach, drumroll please, Tim McKinnon. Tim McKinnon. Welcome. I'm excited that I'm here as well. That's a very exciting introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I just got excited like from that alone. So this should be a good episode. You're like, oh wait, that's me. You can feel that. Yeah, that's me. I am I am knowledgeable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, welcome to our episode. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. So Thank you for having me on. This is actually um Bella's coach. Yeah. So we thought, why not Tim? Introduce yourself. Who are you, mm-hmm. Tim? Who is Tim? How did you get started about your mm-hmm. business? Why you're ultimate why just mm-hmm. a little bit of a blurb a blurb about you blurb about tim absolutely so like an elevator like a sales pitch an elevator <laughs> <pitch>. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah so so i'm a comp prep coach obviously originally i was just a bodybuilder like and i don't say that as like just a bodybuilder like i didn't you know what i mean i was coaching as well but mm. primarily just focusing on myself and um i've just taken a little bit of a sort of a sidetrack from myself in the last couple of years to just see how far I can go with coaching. So I guess I've been coaching and bodybuilding for the last 14 years. Um, I was a, I was a PT, um, did pretty well at PT and then moved across, you know, social media, all that sort of thing started to take off. And I realized there was definitely a way of helping people outside of the gym and where your time is more uh, effective, you know, and, and my love for bodybuilding obviously pushed me through to that position um you know if you can coach someone uh, coach a team you can you can compete more regularly than just if you get on stage yourself so that's kind of how i ended up in this position but oh yeah and in that process i've done 28 shows myself so quite a bit of experience i was gonna ask you how many shows have you actually done that's crazy yeah so the last five i did in 2019 that was kind of like my last run through that i um you know the the actual the the last show that i was doing got cancelled um so that would have been another couple of shows, but the, the actual shows that I, the the last ones I did were five in 2019. So that would have been at 28 shows. And so in in you know 11 years, that's a fair bit. That's a fair few shows. That's a that's fair a few shows. Of- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what so, um made you be like? So would you compete again, or have you pretty much like hung up? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So I think I, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, slowing down, you know, I'm only 31 still. I was from, from pretty much 18 till, you know, 29 was the last shows that I did. I was just going flat out. You know, I, I did nothing. I did. I didn't even, you know, you, you girls went to a festival. I wouldn't have done that sort of stuff. And so as a young man, you kind of go, well, what am I getting out of this? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm making money. That's great. But like, what exactly, you know, I've got experience. That's good. You know, like I've got a lot of things to offer to to someone else that wants to Mm -hmm. learn, but but I don't really know who I am. I'm just the big guy, you know? So would you say bodybuilding was like your identity and you wanted to kind of move away from that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It it was my identity to people who didn't know who I was. Yeah. And and especially, you know, as a young guy, you kind of like, am I that, you know, is that all I am? And I think yeah. it, it is difficult when you're not competing to really live up to your own expectations of yourself yeah. because you're not on stage all the time. It's yeah. one day, one day every so often. And I really, really love that, but I really don't necessarily think that, you know, especially in Australia, I actually was speaking to someone the other day about this. In Australia, we have very limited opportunities to get on stage and 
if you don't have a very good plan in place and a structure and an idea as to how your career is going to go, you know, you, you can't obviously dictate the outcome of shows, but if you don't have a, a good idea of what you're expecting each time you get on stage and, and, a, and a clear run through to the next step, then you're going to, you're going to be lost. You're going to be very lost and confused. And if your identity is not, you know, you're not clear about what you're actually trying to do and how long it's going to take. And mm. these things, you just, you know, after you've done 28 shows, you're like, well, what's, you know, what's I'm, not pro, I'm not a pro yet. You know, yeah. what am I doing? What am I doing exactly? And so that just comes down to poor guidance, you know, and I, I, I'm not going to blame anyone in particular, but I think I definitely was in the scene when coaching was just getting started. Good coaching. I definitely have had some good coaches and good mentors, but I think that this is what has driven me to try and be the best coach I can be because there's a massive gap between good coaching and excellent coaching. Like yeah. it's completely different. Um, and probably with all your knowledge, you can even take that on. Exactly. With all your shows. Because do That's you right. do lifestyle coaching as well or ultimately just comp just prep? I, um, I do have co uh, coaches. I do have clients that are lifestyle technically, uh, but they're still pushing towards that goal of getting on stage. Okay. So even when yeah. you first start um, with a coach, I guess like when I first started with my coach, I, I know one day I wanted to compete, but I just kind of wanted to build. But then yeah. when you do stick to it, you get to a point like, oh, I want to yeah. You don't actually and this, start off. Yeah, that's right. And I think as I get more experience as a coach, I, I tend to be a little bit more pushy. You know, I, I, I tend to just be, this is what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like I tend to say, okay, that's great. But at the end of the day, like if you want to do this seriously, you're going to have to start posing. You're going to have to yeah. do this this way. You're going to have to eat correctly. And, and at the end of the day, like, yes, you can do lifestyle, but, you know, you're going to get to a certain point where that's still not enough. So why don't you just start building your body in the sense that, like, okay, we're going to pose anyway because we want to see what your muscularity yeah. looks like. Yeah. You know, so, and all of that stuff is going to help you in the gym. If you learn how to pose, you can do a lap ball down better. If you learn how to pose, you can do a, a hip, squat, hip, hip thrust better. Yeah. And it all makes sense, you know. I think this is why we really want to get you on, Tim, because there's not really enough education still. Yep. And we wanted to, yeah, ask you like quite a lot of questions because I feel like people get into prep but don't really know what they're getting themselves into. Or they get. Yeah. So I guess that leads us into our first question. Um, mm -hmm. Who is a bikini, you know, competitor? Yeah, this is a good question because it, this is exactly what we were speaking about with the lifestyle, you know, like someone can still be, you know, like, for example, I would consider Bella a bikini competitor, even though she's not done a show before. I would define it as someone who's willing to do the necessary things to change their body to fit a criteria. Yes. Yeah. So, so you don't necessarily have to be competitive. You know, you don't have to be someone who's actually doing the shows, but you are a competitor in a sense that you are pushing yourself competitively with yourself or others. doesn't necessarily matter who, who it's against to improve, to suit a criteria. And if you're, if you're training and you don't give a shit how you look, Sorry, I don't know if I can say shit. But anyway. No, <laughs> right, the pink shower, anything goes. Yeah, we okay, sweet. Tube, okay, good. <laughs> so if, you, if, you're, if you're training and you, and you just don't care what the outcome is, then that's different. You know, if you just yeah. want to lose a bit of weight, whatever, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. Do that, do that yeah. in your own time. But if it's a specific outcome, and even if it's a different federation, you know, WF, ICN, whatever, you're still trying to fit a criteria. And that will then dictate your daily activities, your thoughts, your processes. Everything is outlined by what you're trying to achieve in that criteria. And that's a competitor. That's someone who's mm. competitive, competitive with their goals. You know, it's something that's got a time-based thing. Am I doing this well enough? That's a competitive mindset. It doesn't matter if you're on stage with other people. That's still a competitor. 
And I guess with the bikini criteria, you're building to fit that criteria in the sense of, you know, making sure you're building in the right areas and, you know, the, the right sh- flow and yeah, symmetry. shape. Yep. And it's funny because obviously everyone's got their own personality. Everyone's very different in their own right, physique-wise, mentally, everything. But at the end of the day, if you, if you get in a room full of bikini competitors, they're all very similar. Mm. Very similar. Very similar attitudes, especially successful ones. You know, yeah. it, it's, you get along. You just will. And and the few that don't, well, I would disagree that I would say that they're not competitors because they don't have that humility and like, you know, they're not humble. You know, these people that, that are hard to get along, I would say that they're not doing the work that's required to change their bodies. And that's why they're jealous. And that's why they're struggling with fitting in or whatever else, or they're, you know, judging yeah. others. I feel so like I think, that's why it's such a good time around comp prep anyway, because yeah. I feel like the community gets together, like season mm. A, season B. It's yeah. a good time because everyone yeah. is like-minded and yeah. Like, like you're actually, yeah. with people that you're going to be competing against. Yeah. Like, I love that. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's awesome. It's great as a coach too, because, you know, uh, when I was a, um, when I was a athlete only, you know, it was just me, me and my family or whatever uh, at the show. And I never really had a, a support network and a group. And I think that's all of these things, all of my experiences have pushed me to start this sort of thing and have a, have a community because imagine um, the ultimate goal for me, and I'm, I'm skipping ahead here. I know you've got a couple of questions, but <laughs> the, the, ulti- the ultimate goal for me is to have a team of coaches who are all like-minded with similar education and skills yeah at the shows with a team of clients and imagine the, just the crowd filled with the same team, like everyone's pushing each other. Yeah. And, and that will drive the community that will drive the industry and we'll start catching up, you know, because we are so far behind the States and the UK and Brazil. We are so you know, far behind. Yeah. Would you yeah. say with how many shows that you've done to him, like it's really changed throughout the year? Like, um, Oh man. That, yep. That? yep. The, the interest, not a lot, not just the interest, but the quality the quality yeah. of the shows is just getting nuts, especially for bikini. It's crazy. Yeah, some girls are insane. Like, yep. glute-sized shoulders. Oh, yep. God. I remember when I was competing, you know, as a junior, right? I was like 22, 23, and no one would watch bikini. No one even give a shit. You know, it was just like, uh, it was like you. everyone would just leave. There'd be like five <laughs> girls on stage. And I look back at photos from those shows, like it's all over Facebook, you know, like I'll, I'd be like tagged in a pic because it's a photographer or something. And I'd look at the bikini athletes and they're just shocking. Yeah. And this is this is only, you know, 10 years ago. So it's evolved yeah. very much. What yeah. do you think's changed? Do you reckon like the education around it or social media? Social media, yeah. Yeah. Because yep. yeah. like it's, you said, it's the community and it's like, yeah, it's just yeah. The people involved. Well, think about this, like this is why the other countries are ahead, is they have well, in the, in the States, there's the NPC, right? And they have, if you look at the NPC calendar, it's nearly a show every weekend across yeah. the across the States. And imagine if that was the case in Australia. Do you think that's why we're so behind? Is because we've only, yeah. you know, season A and season B. We don't have shows every single weekend. That's right. Imagine if there was. Imagine how good people would get because of the experience they could get, you know. And and um, we just don't have the population, not alone. But that's the thing is that before social media, the only way that people could you know, communicate and, and network was at the shows. And so if you have a show nearly every weekend, granted that's grown as well. Like that's not always been the case. Just think of the networking and the growth of the industry. If there's so much opportunity, that's the it's thing. It's more motivating, not motivating, but if it's, you know, more frequent shows, it's more like it's happening more, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you, yeah. you feel like it's not just like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's next year or it's, you know, October when that's only really 
16 weeks away. Yeah. Know? But it's kind of so. changing anyway because they're handing out more pro cards. Yeah. So you absolutely. So it's already kind of evolving. So I guess that brings us on to our next question. Um, so what do you believe? How do you know that you are ready for a comp prep? You know, in terms mm-hmm. of mindset, the length of training, your history, muscle maturity and everything like that? Yeah, okay. So I'd probably split that into two groups. Yeah, you got a group. I think it's the same question, but I think the group would be one group who has no coach and the other group who has a coach. The, co- the, the group that has no coach, well, you need to get a coach. <laughs> and and the group that has a coach well your Insert coach can teams. tell you it's 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 not really something especially if you're new it's not really something that you're gonna know um you know it's a very difficult thing you might know that you want to do something you might you might have this sort of drive and this motivation and this feeling that you you could be good or i mean how do we know we're good until we've done something well it's it's a feeling you know it's a it's an interest it's a i'm willing to do more than everyone else and that could possibly mean i might be better than everyone else too but it doesn't necessarily mean you're nec- you you're going to win it's just this feeling that we have so i don't think that it's it's something that a new competitor will know i don't think it's 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 not a sure thing so you're going to rely on your coach a lot for that and that's why you've got to get with coach that you're aligned with not just in the things that you want but you know, personalities, you know. You have to get along with your coach. Yeah, exactly. Do you trust them? Are you one of 800 clients or are you one of 100? You know, Mm -hmm. like what, what's the, what's the priority for you to get where you want to be? Is it, is it self-driven? Are you, do you have people around you? And that's the thing is, does it feel right? You know, yeah, that's all you need to think about. Would you also say with knowing if you are ready, like you need to kind of live that lifestyle, like get be able to get your 10,000 steps, be able to train four days a week. Yes. Would you kind of say that as well? Yeah, I think I think with the actual physical, you know, requirements, like checking off each physical task, that shouldn't be, you, you shouldn't have things that you need to add yet. You, you should have already investigated everything that's about, you know, like if you have never done cardio on a Stairmaster before, for example, you know, if you've never done plyo circuits, if you've never done posing, like there, if you've, if there's things about this sport per se that you actually haven't experienced yet, then you're not ready, you know, and that's, that's the physical side. I think there are definitely physical aspects of it. The mental aspects, that's a, I, I put up a thing on my um, Instagram this week about mental health and giving yourself enough time. These things about, you know, seeing a therapist, if there's things you're still working on, these are things that you can do to ensure you're ready. I certainly think that you you know, need to be perfect. I think that if you're doing these things ongoing, meditation, you know, practicing positive thoughts, you know, affirmations, things like that, they they definitely help. But there's no sort of like secret source that you need to follow that's going to put you in a position to be ready for a show. You know? Yeah, I feel like because Bella and I, we get quite a lot of girls being like, I want to do a comp prep, but I don't know if I'm ready. And it's yeah. such a hard thing. But it's the fact if you are start, like I feel like any issue yeah. that arises in a prep, as long as you know what to implement, you don't know mm. when those issues will arise and you just yeah. have to handle it at the time. And if I just yeah. start, like you'll know quickly if this is for you or not. But I'm sorry, Absolutely. If you stick to something, you won't be able to stick to a prep. Like, yep. yeah, if you can't stick to like a little mini cut or something, mm. you don't know what prep, you know, prep is a lot. <laughs> like it's so harsh, but it's so yeah. funny. No, you're 100% right. And I think the other thing that is a harsh reality of this whole thing is do you have like seven grand in your bank account? Yeah, yeah. Oh. we were discussing the money. I was honestly, I was looking at seat finders. Like, yeah. You know, the amount of money. Because, you yeah. <laughs> honestly, for WF, well, it's insane. Oh, I just yeah. got a quote for my bikini and I was like, oh, yeah. Jesus. 
it's certainly not a poor man slash woman's uh, nah. hobby. And that's the thing is like, it's all well and good to see people on Instagram going hard, you know, and then, and then you, you might message their coach and be like, I get this all the time. Yeah. You know, I get people who are like, Oh, I saw your results of this person, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Let's take away all of the hard work. Do you have $110 a week? Yeah. You know, like, like, do right. you have that? Is it, is that something you have? Because that's what they're paying, you know? So it's a reality. You know, if you want to get good help, it costs money. And if you want to get a good bikini, it costs money. If you want to get good posing coach, costs money. I think that's a Different. very good point. Like financially, yeah. the the cost mm. of prep in itself in terms of like, you know, for bikini competitors, it's your bikini, it's your tan, mm. makeup. Yes, supplements. Oh, just keep yeah. On. yeah. <laughs> but you need to make that list. That's what um Bro mm. and I did. We made a list of trying to budget leading up to a show and you know what we pay already for coaching our subs, but then, you know, your bikini and everything on top of, you know, within a prep. Yep. But I think I think if you do a budget like you said yeah and then you you work out okay i'm not going to every event now because i'm focusing on this yeah i'm not i'm not spending hundreds of dollars on alcohol i'm not traveling as much i'm there are things that i'm saving on because i'm sacrificing for this goal it should even out you know it should even out unless you're like uh just a hermit anyway you know and you're saving tons of money because you're trying to buy a house then fine you know, absolutely, then it's not worth it. But if you're living your life, those those costs add up. And so it's just got to be, you can't do it all. You've got to, you've got to go, okay, this year I'm spending this much on my body, you know, and it's got to be, you've got to put that out there in an account away from your the rest of your money to start with. So you know you've got it there. So many people in the past, clients, people I've competed with, pull out of shows because they can't afford it. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Wow. They've got everything they need to win, all the right things, the right attitude, everything, but they just there's just that part that they just okay. can't put together, you know. So I remember with ICN, it was like the entry fee and the photos and the videos. I didn't even realize. I was like, oh I yeah, was like, oh shit, the registration. But <laughs> yeah, you know, for yeah. prep aside, I think a coach has changed. Like even just working with you, Tim, has changed my life because you're investing in your health. You know, I'm yeah. trying to do that and put hundred percent towards your health and make yeah. you a better person have a different mindset about it like yeah. you're actually investing in yourself it's not really an ex well it is an expense but yeah and I feel like this is one thing that puts Tim like you aside Tim is that um you care about people's health not only how people look yeah I think I think that definitely is a like I don't want to talk myself up because it's not necessarily, <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily a selfless thing that is still that is still me thinking okay that, that, that's me being smart, right? That's me thinking, okay, if I have this client for two years because they're healthy, that's two years of income. Yeah. Like that, that's smart. Like that's, yeah. in, yes, it's investing in the health. Yes, it's caring about them. Absolutely. Because we want to win. But it's also just like, if we can get this person to point from point A to point B healthily, they're going to stay with me. They're going to come where, back. That's where the results come is when you work with someone for two, three years, not in six months. Not just clean, you know, yeah. fucking them up. Yeah. yeah. So if I keep, if I keep my clients healthy, <laughs> then we'll we'll really get to where we need to get to, and that's going to show my ability as a coach. So it's in yeah. my best interest to keep someone healthy. Yeah, that's really good. Love it. So our next question: How do you know if you aren't ready for a competition prep? Yeah, that's an interesting one because yeah. it's not it's not directly an inverse of the other question. It's not it's mm-hmm. not it's not if you haven't done these things. You know, I think. If you, you will know if you're not ready purely because you can't take the boxes. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily like, okay, um, do I have the money? Okay, cool. You might have all the money in the world. That's sweet. 
do I have the physique? Yeah, absolutely. Great. And I've got the physique. I know how to pose. But I think the biggest thing that if you're not ready to compete is if your, your environment, your, your, um, your reason for doing it and mm. like the, the overall goal isn't clear, you know? Yeah. Would you say having yeah. a healthy relationship with food is very important before you start as well? Yeah, I think that's I think that's like sort of you know the mental health therapy type yeah ad- aspect. I think that's something that you need to be constantly working on because mm. it's sort of like I can have a good relationship with food now, but then put me through a diet, I might not have that same relationship. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't think that just because you were healthy with food at one point in your life, you're always going to be that way. I think it's easily lost. I think and it's easily gained. So you got to be working on it as you go. Yeah, um, working on that mindset. So. Yeah, 100%. I think I think it's worth, uh, you know, if you are prone to that, I think it's worth investing in as you go. Um, especially if you're like a, a super emotional person, if you, you know, feel like you sort of reach for things as a way to stabilize your internal feelings. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a personality thing. But I think the biggest, like, with regards to are you not ready, like determining if you're not ready is whether you're sure about why you're doing it. So you know? you're why. Yeah. 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 100%. Because that's the, that's the main reason why I haven't competed is because my why is not clear. Yeah. yeah. At least you can recognize that and you, yeah. you know that. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, it's, you know, you, you're focusing on your clients and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't want to compete at shows that my clients are at. And so that will mean I won't compete in Australia, but it doesn't mean I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the biggest thing is that I don't necessarily know why I would do another show right now. You know, I have nothing to prove to myself. I have nothing to prove to anyone else. It's just about winning. And so if I if I get in the gym and I don't have that clear sort of reason for going Mm -hmm. and doing and fitting the criteria and making sure that I look a certain way, then it's 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 just gonna fall back into, you know, my automatic sort of like how I wanna feel and how I wanna look for myself. That's what makes a true competitor, like knowing your why and, you know, yeah. recognizing and when you shouldn't compete. Well, it's so important because yeah. you're not motivated every day, and especially with prep. Like, yeah, you yeah. like 45 minutes on the Stairmaster and you're just, you're just dead, but you need to like yeah. yep. somehow get that out of you, go back to that why. And it's like, yep. and time. It's like when you, when you watch like a, a really emotional movie and you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to hug my dog, you know, that feeling, that motivation, <laughs> that, that, that emotional yeah, that emotional like drive to do something mm. that can that can come from a post or a, a comment or someone say you look good or your 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 potential is good that can easily be lost like you said and and do an hour on the stairmaster and then have no calories and see if you still have that feeling. Mm. Yeah, it has to come you know? from that intrinsic feeling, like yeah. that core that core feeling. Firing. Yep, it, you just have to wake up and just want it, regardless of what you see or feel. It has to yep. just be just so like yeah it has to you have to kind of almost not know where it's coming from all this all this drive and when you have that feeling that's that's pretty much what you need so how would you I guess explain a prep to someone so the word prep to us is you know we know what it means but yep. someone who isn't in bodybuilding everything to a first timer yeah to a first timer how would you explain a prep the best way to explain the actual preparation process is removing the body fat and and getting to the condition that's suitable for the criteria of the of the category that you're in so the off season i guess is the or the improvement phase or that's starting to be what people call it now is (laughs) is the time where you 
get the shape and the structure and all of the proportions right, where you grow the muscle, basically, you know, you get he- your health right and, and you focus on making sure that the actual shape of your body suits the criteria, whether it's you need more shoulders to match your glutes or whether it's, you know, maybe you need to build your quads to match your hamstrings, whatever. Um, and then once you're in the prep process, you're no longer focusing on whether you suit the category in that terms, in those like structural terms, but now you're trying to, uh, fit the criteria in terms of condition, you know, waist to shoulder ratio yeah, and all of these things that are not necessarily about building your body. It's more about maintaining the shape and revealing the condition that's suitable, especially for a bikini. It's a, it's not necessarily get as lean as you can. It's, um, it's get lean early and maintain that condition so that you have a very, full natural healthy look and i think bella you've realized this too is it's <laughs> it's a lot longer than you realize it's a lot longer yeah. process especially um, because you know we, we've been in that off season or improvement season for a long time but now like you yeah. said you're kind of revealing and putting in the work to take the layers under the, under the yeah <laughs> yeah because they, they state quite clearly in their criteria that they you want to look healthy you got to look healthy like the judges aren't stupid they know what dieting is they know what crash dieting is they know what that looks like what flat muscles and over dieted physiques look like they know that if you look like you've just stopped dieting like peak week is where you stopped you can see that in a physique and that's going to be marked down heavily that's like <laughs> if, if someone's over conditioned that that looks like you've been dieting that's what it looks like I think and if you, you look at the Olympians, that's a perfect example. Like yep. Laura Lee compared to Maureen. Um, 100%. 100%. Yeah. You can't rely on like a two-day process of eating extra carbs to make you look healthy. It's not yeah. going to work. So it's a lot longer, a lot drawn out. And that's the thing is, um, you know, especially for bikini, wellness is similar in a sense, but bikini especially is is all about that, you know, attainable women, womanly sort of hourglass figure shape that looks yeah. like you could look that way all the time. Still yeah. feminine, you know? healthy. Yep. Yeah. 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 And so that if you're, if you don't naturally sit in that condition all the time, like some girls do kind of remember name, Nay, you know, uh, Renee. Oh, yes. Yeah. She, she sits really lean all the time. So, you know, part of the issue for her getting on stage is making sure she's full enough and, and looks healthy enough. But if you don't naturally sit in that condition and that doesn't like, someone might not know if they sit there naturally. It's just yeah. like, you know, we just, just haven't been training long enough or you haven't been doing it long enough. But if you're not naturally like that already, then you've got to give yourself as long as you can. You know, that, the process is so much longer to actually look like that all the time. But I guess that comes down to, you know, trusting your coach and working mm. closely with them in terms of, because when you're in prep, I feel like, when you look at yourself, you look at yourself in a different way. So mm. you need to yep. rely on your coach to, to do that. You need a second eye. Yeah. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. And giving yourself enough time because, you know, if you say, okay, I've got 20 weeks uh, to get lean, you know, and you know, it's going to take 20 weeks to get lean. Well, something's going to happen. You know, life is, yeah. life is random. So something's definitely <laughs> going to happen in that process. And now all of a sudden you have 18 weeks instead of 20. And that's what girls generally, you know, especially new competitors or even unexperienced coaches, uh, inexperienced coaches, sorry, yeah. uh, don't plan that enough and, and tend to sort of maybe don't seem as, as comfortable saying, oh, we need 45 weeks to prep, you know, mm-hmm. because it might turn some people away. And that's fine. Don't do yeah. it. Go yeah. to someone else. But you're not going to look good on stage. Yeah. And it's not sustainable. Yeah. So it comes yeah. Because um, there's so many federations as well, like ICN, WBFF, IPB. So mm. how 
what would you tell a first timer to figure out what federation suits them the best? So how do you know what federation suits you the best? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I I think that in terms of structure, like skeletal structure, um, they're all for bikini, they're all relatively the same. Mm. You know, you've got to have relatively wide clavicles, a, a, a sort of a, a narrow sort of, it's ideal to be a narrow rib cage. You know, sometimes you can sort of build your shoulders and build your glutes to, to uh, suit a, a flared rib cage or more of a, a wider rib cage. That's okay. Mm. But it's more ideal to have a, a narrow rib cage, wide clavicles and, you know, sort of decent width in the hips, not wide, but enough to sort of build some glutes off of and not be yeah. sort of straight up and down. Yeah. Um, and then obviously posing is different each each, yeah. each thing. So sometimes someone can can have the structure of an ICN, but then pose and fit into IFB really well. Yeah. Um, but generally, as a coach, what I look for is wide clavicles to begin with, because you can always build glutes, you can always build quads and and lats and everything else. But if you don't have wide clavicles, it's very hard to, especially as a girl. <laughs> I haven't thought of that. Do I have yeah. That? yeah so it's like it's like if you if you go from like where your you know the collarbone that's yeah, yeah. That, that's what a clavicle is so if they're relatively narrow that means your arms are close to your torso when they hang down and so what happens is that doesn't necessarily it's not a problem like it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you if you don't have that get new clavicles you know you're, like a, you're, not, you're, not, you're not like a t-rex or something but like if you have if you have wider clavicles then you only need a certain amount of muscle on your shoulders to make them look even wider. Mm, Whereas yeah. if you, if you need tons of muscle there, sometimes you can look at a place and that's why a lot of girls sometimes uh, mark down for their shoulders because they actually need to grow even bigger shoulders to fit into the, the symmetry of bikini. Right. And, and the, the clavicles. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And judges mark them down because it's yeah. overdeveloped. Wow. So yeah. So that's a big part of, where you fit into i think that's you need someone who knows what they're looking at to 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 tell you that uh, but the biggest difference between them is condition i think ifb is the best the the, the best condition um like the hardest condition they, yeah. they they judge they judge condition pretty much like that's the biggest thing yeah and wfs less about condition and less about physique it's more about presentation marketability um icn is is definitely a posing game it's not necessarily a conditioning game like you have to have the right condition for the category but it's not about how lean you can get it's more like wff in that sense yeah and then, and it's definitely a posing thing it's like mm. they have this special way of posing that i just don't understand but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's cool there's some great physiques in icn yeah um, so probably tell someone to go watch a few shows and see which yeah, and, they and like best. Yeah, see which one you like best, first mm. of all. If you hate IFBB because you just don't like the way the girls look, well, you're not going to like the way you look. Yeah. Exactly. That. And I've, I've had some clients in the past who I actually do have clients now who want to do WFF because they just don't like the look of IFBB and that's absolutely fine, mm. you know. Um, but I, I tell them from the start, you know, I only can see the criteria for WFF is only 40% physique, right? Yeah. Oh, really? So I, I say to them, like, you know, you're investing in my help and that's only going to be 40% of what you get marked on. So I'm telling you that from the start, that if we nail the 40%, you might still come last. Yeah, it's markability, it's stage yeah. So like, I can only help you with the way you need to look, but mm -hmm. outside that, you know. You got to bring that, Basil. Yeah. 
So do do you have clients that are um in the WBFF? Better yep. okay. Yeah, I got about yeah. four. I got about four girls that do WBFF. Yeah. Um, I got a, quite a few that want to do ICN, but it's mostly IFBB. All right, let's move on to our next question. So, so what tips or advice would you give to a first timer bikini competitor? Okay, so if it's IFBB, are we talking just purely IFBB, or are we talking just in general? Maybe uh, just in general. Yeah, just in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so biggest tip is find, like, if you have a good coach, you're half the work done. You don't even have to think now. So that's step one. Step two is, you know, I think once you know you want to compete, once you've got a good coach, then you can decide on which federation. And then then step three is identifying where your weakest part is. So, and work that, work on that first. So like, for example, Someone might have a great physique, a great structure, all of, all of the things they need, but their mindset might be terrible. And so your next six months is all about mindset. And, yeah. and you should just be turning up to the gym. Like you don't even need to change your physique that much. It's just making sure your head's right. Or you might be just absolutely clumsy as hell with posing. and it it doesn't matter if you you uh, have a good headspace and a good physique if you can't pose it's going to take most of your effort in the next six months to get that right so i think i think slowing down and realizing that each when you're starting you're going to be shit at something you're going to be really shit at something and just being really patient i've had clients who have the best physiques they're amazing at posing because they were like a dancer or something mad headspace because they're you know they're successful in their business or something but they just suck at training yeah. Like they're just yeah. so bad at it, you know, <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter how much like tweaks we do or like whatever, they just don't get it. They just can't do it right. You know? And so it's just going to take longer. And so I think identifying or understanding at least that you're going to suck at something and it's going to take you a lot longer than someone else at that something to get better at it yeah. and yeah. not being so hard on yourself and just being patient and just realizing that if this is something you really want to do, you got to get this right now. Yeah. You gotta put the effort in now because time. Trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. and that's that's applicable to every single person who's starting like you there's not one person that doesn't have something they're they're shit at like honestly you will be you'll find it might be something random it might be eating you might be terrible at eating <laughs> I wish that was <laughs> well that's the thing you you might have zero appetite and you never want to eat anything and you have to eat three thousand calories because that's what your body needs uh-huh. and you just suck at it you know and that's like i have clients like that who just can't get the food in and i'm like we're not progressing Oh, I'm just the complete oh opposite. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. But that's the thing. So everyone has their strengths, you know. And so yeah. that's what competing is. Is like, okay, I have this as my strength. Okay, cool. I need to slow down with that, and I need to focus on my appetite, making sure I slow down when I eat, making sure I've, my anxiety is under control, making sure I breathe and chew and focus on what I'm doing because that's my focus. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna been... I'm not gonna excel at everything else unless I get my food in right now yeah yeah you just have to be open to like learning and it's not easy to hear you know what you're not good at and what you you know need to change but to be able to be successful in this sport you need to apply that complete mastery of every variable that's what you need that's what that's when someone turns pro so if you think to yourself okay i'm terrible at x or y whatever it is i need to be a master at that thing because I'm already good at the other things. And then once I'm a master at that thing, that's when I turn pro. Yeah, that's a really good point. On to kind of like it kind of connects to the next question. So we're talking about prep coaches because there are mm. so many coaches out there. Like it's quite a saturated yeah. market. So looking for a prep coach, what are the red and green flags? So what should someone yep. look out for and be like weary about? Mm, results. Okay, so results is a red flag in a sense. Because 
you might have someone who sponsors a pro or you might have someone who is just good at sales, for example. And then, then their results show, you know, like they're only showing their good results. You know what I mean? Like they're only yeah. showing the good things about their, so results are good. That, that's what draws you in. That's what creates a discussion. And so you're obviously going to look for people that, that are achieving results with their clients. But if you're just going with a coach because they win everything, then that's a red flag in my opinion. Yeah. Is, yeah. You know, so prob- probably not a red flag of the coach, but a red flag of your choices of the coach. Yeah. So I think, I think you need to slow down and think, okay, results are important. Absolutely. But how are they achieving them? You know, is it consistent? Do they have a, like, for example, if you have a team of seven clients who are on stage and not all of them look good, right? Yeah. Well, what's going on? Why don't they all look good? You know, is it the, is it their individual efforts? Is it the coaching strategy? Is it, you know, what, what is it about the problems? They're not getting to the point where they need to be to make sure that the whole team's killing it. Like what, what's going on? I think, I think consistency of results is the most important thing, not just like someone wins because you get someone who's like, and honestly, like I've had this before, like a client wins and I'll get like an inbox. Like, like my inbox is full because my client wins and I, mm-hmm. but I take it, you know, I'm like very careful with, okay, why did you want to join the team? Is it just because this person won or because you actually think that I can help you, you know? Yeah. That's so I think, great. yeah, it's, I think identifying consistency of results is probably the best way to say it rather than saying results is a red flag. That's not correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, where but, are you but, going with this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So consistency <laughs> of results. Like if if someone if someone's winning and then other, someone else is coming last, you know, or not placing or something like that, then, you know, what's going on here? Like why isn't that consistent? Why is this coach's performance not consistent? Um, maybe they maybe they didn't tell – like another thing is that maybe they didn't tell them that they shouldn't have gone on stage. Maybe that's mm-hmm. – you know, you, you weren't honest with your clients. That's a red flag, you know. That uh, – a, another red flag would probably be expectations. So – I think every person who's inquiring should ask the expectations. Uh, what are the coach's expectations of themselves with their client? And what, are, you know, like how long does it take them to reply? How long, how many clients do they have? Like things like, things like this, you know. I think um, very important actually. Um, I think, you know, understanding the expectations of, you know, you, if you get six months in with a coach and you have problems with these sort of things that you could have asked at the start, that's your fault. And, and expectations of you, you know, what are, what are you, what is my coach expecting me to do in the next six months? Are they expecting me to, to take PEDs? Are they expecting me to be natural? Like, you know, and what am I signing myself up for? I think these things are important. And if you're not asking those things or, or if they're not being made clear to you in the inquiry process, then that's a red flag. Green flags would be, I think the biggest thing is communication. So if oh, you've, in, if, yeah, if you've, in, if you've inquired, I understand people might be busy, but is the coach following up? Are they checking you know, how your inquiry is going, like, what's the, what's the communication like in the inquiry process? Are you talking with someone else or are you talking with them? You know, um, this is all insight into what it's going to be like when you work with this person. Yeah. You know, it doesn't care about you. Yeah. It doesn't suddenly change. Not you know, obviously number. that's right. Like, obviously I, I can understand like if a coach is busy, I've been there before someone's inquiring, they're, they're no one at this point, they're just inquiring. So you, you feel like you shouldn't, you know, give them too much because, you know, they, they haven't, they're not even part of the team yet, but it still shows you where they're at with their business, where they're at with their mindset as a coach, you know, whether they're willing to invest in your inquiry, whether it's followed up, whether it's, you know, do you get an email straight away or three days later? Things like that. I think the difference is consistency. Like I understand a coach can be busy, but just mm. say if a check-in is late, 
you know, you check in like a Saturday and then you, they respond, you know, four days late every single time, every single week. That's the difference. Whereas, you know, if if a coach is busy and replies late, that's not like them. But you know that though. Whereas, yeah. you know, you don't want to be another number to them. You want that kind of connection or that good communication mm. between the client and the coach. Yeah. And, and I think another, another green flag would be, you know, if, for example, if someone has like 300 clients, for example, and they just simply have no space, yeah. they say, look, you know, I, I'm pretty full at the moment. You know, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't really have the space right now. Is this something that you, you know, really want to work with me on? Or is it just, you're just inquiring with people and just be like the honesty of the situation. So if, if someone says I have 300 clients, I probably don't have enough time for you, but do you want to still be on the team? But that's just being then it, honest. Then, yeah. it's your, then it's your choice, you know? It's your choice if you want to do it or not, whether, you know, you might be like, no, nah, I don't care if you, I don't care. I'm going to show you that I'm worth being on your team. Yeah. And then you, you work your ass off and then suddenly, you know, you're now one of the priority clients or something. You know, I don't know. But honesty from both sides, I think that's really important. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes clients will join up and, you know, you've done the whole process of giving them a mm. plan and everything. And the next minute they realize, what's involved um, because that wasn't communicated to begin with and then they say two weeks in they don't want to be a part of the team because one too much money or you know the expectations are too high they didn't actually ask what is involved yeah yeah the thing the the biggest thing with that like this question about what is red and green flag of a Mm -hmm. a coach it it is a really difficult thing this is why our industry is is struggling i think i believe because it's very easy to it's it's like the same as like a date in the dating scene same thing (laughs) It's very easy to talk shit. It's very easy to, to have false false understanding of someone from Instagram. Like, you know, is this person voice messaging me in the inquiry? Are they getting on me on a phone call? Are they, I think that it just needs to be slowed down. And I think you need to be watching from a distance and getting getting a feel for this person and whether you vibe with them first, you know, mm. um, whether you actually could see yourself answering their messages every time or, or even just having respect for them in the first place, like, or whether it's just because they, their clients are pro. Yeah. And what type of coach you want? Like, do you want someone like quite a hard ass or but nurturing? How do you learn? How do you like, there's so many variables. So many. Yeah. The best, the best coach, the best results I've gotten uh, with people that we are just, we understand each other. You know, they, my personality is exactly what they need. You know, it, 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 the vibe is right there. The thing that um, I, I personally really like with you is that we're just really honest with each other and I like to hear yep. how it is. And I think that's why I want to be successful in the sport, for example. So I like to hear how it is and you're just honest with me. And I think that's, that's right. important. Yeah. And I think the best coach for you is someone who's going to get you 100% out. Whether it's whether it's the hard way or the easy way, if you're not getting 100% out of yourself, then that's the coach just doesn't understand you. You know, that's, that's important too. It's... It, it sometimes it's easy sometimes someone just gives 100 percent, and sometimes someone's not because of some specific variable and that's the job of the coach that's what a coach's job is is to get 100 percent out of someone yeah um one percenters that's right that's right 100 <laughs> yeah um so i guess that leads us on to our last question yep. how would you explain or describe a successful client oh this i'm glad you asked this because that was like we you know we put we put the coaches on trial but i think a lot of it has to do with the attitude of the client in the first place. You know, if you're not doing the effort, if you're not putting in the the effort and the work and, and you're expecting everything from your coach, you know, there's nothing worse than false promises from a client, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to do all this. It's like, you know, you haven't do done it. anything yet. Do it. You want 100% out of me. You, 
you put 100 percent in. And you, honestly, it's like it's like a relationship. Not that it is, but it is because it kind of is. Yeah, you 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 put in 100 percent. You give someone trust; they're going to do it exactly the same. And if you don't, that's when you leave. Simple. Applying like you give. I guess, you know, what to do. But if the client doesn't apply that, then, yeah, yeah. it goes in both hands. It's a, it's a treat. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. I always want to make my coach proud. Like, yeah. always, <laughs> like are, you, are you proud? I know. I always like to tell me, yeah. like, how I look. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's like, it's, it's an attitude thing. It's like, okay, if someone's open and willing to try and just put 100% into everything, then it's going to work. You know, don't, don't start blaming the process, the, the, the training style, or, you know, you read this study or you listen to this YouTube video and they seem to do it different and questioning your coach and doing all this stuff. Like it's okay to ask questions, definitely ask questions because you need to understand what you're doing. But if you're not willing to trust the process a little bit and just give them that respect to begin with, this is, this, this comes hand in hand. Like if you hire someone who has no idea, then yeah, you're going to find it hard to trust them. But if you've done your done your due diligence and you hired someone that you believe is going to help you, you should trust them from that point forward. You have no right to like not give 100% now because you've, you've made that decision. And so when those two things are, I find that a little bit frustrating. You know, when when someone's hired me, like they've, they've obviously done that, that process to hire me. They've gone to that, they've made that decision themselves, but they're just still not ready to trust me. You know, the... They're, they're changing things themselves or they're, they're trying this or they've swapped food in and out or, you know, it's just not. And that's hard it, to do your job, you know. Yeah. You, yep. you need to trust your coach because at the end of the day, every coach has different methods based off experiences and their knowledge. So you need to trust your coach and, yeah, you need to put your 100% in with that or yep. it's going to make your job hard and the result hard as well. I think that's what yeah. the pros and cons are with social media though because you can get like so much misinformation or people trying to like message you and yep. yeah, that's it's just, yeah, really important just to trust your coach, trust the process. Like let's say you're a new competitor or even, even a, an experienced competitor and you've started with a new coach, that process for the next at least six months, I'd say, you know, if you're doing this correctly is working out how your body works. You know, mm-hmm. you, there, there is no sudden like answer. So if you're joining a coach, because you want immediate answers. That's not how this works. This is this is a long-term thing. This is something that, this is the hard part about comp prep coaching. You can't sell it. It's not something you can package up and sell because what am I going to say? Okay, it's five years of coaching. It's going to cost this much. Like no one's going to buy that. It's, but you've got to, it's the idea. It's the understanding that this is, a, this is a process of understanding your body so that we can get you to look a certain way. And that's not something that's going to happen in a week. But so, that's what I was going to say to you, Tim, yeah. that like people that join your team just to prep, I find that a little bit hard because I yep. need to, you know, be with that client at least in a little bit of an off season to understand their body. That's, that's right. Like you said, you need to work together before a prep and then prep together. Yeah, that's a big rule of mine is yeah. is at least at least a 20-week phase prior to uh, a comp prep, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you can understand that client's body, the way they work, and yeah. And whether they're willing to put in the effort as well. That's, you know, you, is this person going to drag me along or is, sorry, is this person going to require me to drag them along or are they going to just be coachable? You know, mm. that's, you can figure that out pretty quickly. But if you, if you take four weeks to figure that out and you've now lost four weeks of a prep, well, you're already on the back foot. 
Yeah. We, we, we want to win. So Yeah, amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Tim. This is so <laughs> insightful and I feel like it's going to help a lot of people out there about comp prep, get some more yeah. information. Create more awareness. Yeah, create hey, more awareness about it. Really good questions too. That was, um, you know, like the, the green and red flag. Like that's, that's really important. I think if we have – I actually had a good idea about that. You know how like they have Reddit pages where people give feedback? Yeah. <laughs> Things like that would be really useful for like the industry. You know, it's like you register as a coach. If you're, if you are a serious comp prep coach, you register on this website and people can literally discuss how you are as a coach, because that could be a much better insight as to whether someone wants to sign up or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's things like that for any profession, just not coaching. Oh, really? Wow. I think that's, yeah, that'd be really good to have. Yeah, because, you know, if someone's selling or promoting the business, it's only the good stuff, right? Very true. And it's word of mouth of the bad stuff. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Anything else you want to leave anyone with? Any words, wisdom, anything else? I think, no, I just think that, you know, if you are considering it, that means you already have a passion and you follow the sport. And I think the um, the longer you leave it, you know, I think that you just need to make that make that decision to at least investigate the next step. And even if that's just an inquiry and you're not ready to do it, then shoot the inquiry because once you form that you know initial relationship with a coach and you've sort of put the feelers out, so to speak, you've you've made it reality. And maybe you're not ready just yet, but at least you're sort of putting those first steps in and becoming you know maybe on the radar to a coach or and they're going to follow your progress and maybe they'll drop you a tip here and there and, and that can start something nice so yeah. i think if, you, if you're just sitting back and you're on the fence just make a make a comment or just say hey i've you know i've been interested in competing and i'm not sure whether i want to coach i'm not really inquiring but i'm just i'm just saying that i'm interested if there's a good coach out there and they're and they're and you're inboxing them and they're you know they have your best interest they'll they'll keep following you up and seeing how you're going so I think, um, yeah, that's a, a very important thing to do. Just have that conversation and, yeah, go yep. Yeah, because if someone's if someone's passionate about coaching, like this, I know, for example, if someone messages me like that, I'm not going to be annoyed that they're actually not inquiring. I'm just going to tell them what I think and maybe that's what they need to hear. And then, you know, you never know that's, that person may inquire six months later and actually be a, a client. So, But that's a yeah. good flag. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I hope everyone has enjoyed today's episode. Yep. Grab a pen and paper, dot some notes down. <laughs> and a lot. I'm sorry, Tim, where can we find you on Instagram? What's yes. your handle? So it's just Tim underscore McKinnon, nine one. Perfect. Just and it just, it's just, just, it just says comprate coach when you type that in, it just comes up. Amazing. Yep. Thank you yep. so much again. And um, awesome. and I hope everyone has enjoyed today's episode. And I hope everyone has at least got something from this episode. Awesome. And we do have a Facebook page um, called The Peachy Community. So make sure if you want to jump on it, we will join you up. And yeah, creating a bit of a community of like-minded people. But you know the drill, guys. Stay peachy. I really should have enjoyed dinner that. I should have like joined in on that little chant at the end there. Now's your time. Take it away. Yeah, maybe maybe not.